and also please give a huge warm round of applause to Kim Zanbazi. That was awesome, thank you. Guys, it's my great privilege this morning um, to welcome up Roscoe, um, lead elder from um, Florida Road. Today he's going to be kickstarting the series on relationships, and it's called That's What He Said, and I think it's going to be amazing. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you for that spontaneous, overwhelming clap. Um, it is so great to be with you. Uh, it's, it's weird that I'd be with you like three weeks apart, um, but it's fantastic because I catch all those people who come every three weeks, and it's just good to be with you this morning. Um, this series, that's what he said, obviously a play on that's what she said, and if you don't know what's going on with the that's what he said, that's what she said deal, um, do yourself a favor and just type in meme that's what he said, that's what she said, um, but then don't blame me. But uh, anyway, that's what he said based on, that's what God said. That's, that's where the series is going. And it started about 18 months ago when we as a church decided we were going to go on a journey of understanding what God says about women, ladies in ministry, ladies in leadership, all of that. And, and I'm not going to speak into that, but that's where it started. And then Soon after that, um, I felt uh, I was invited to speak at a ladies' conference, which is terrifying. Um, this was especially terrifying because it had 2,000 ladies. And, uh, and on top of that, my wife reminds me fairly consistently that I do not have the highest WQ, woman intelligence. In fact, I'm, I'm kind of below sea level on this deal. And, and uh, there are reasons for this. Um, how many of you went to boarding school? And, and just keep your hands up. How many of you lived lives where the woman, when you went to a bride, the men bride over there, and the woman went over there and did salad stuff, and you don't know what they did? Yeah, okay. So for all those dumb people with me, you're going to appreciate this because you know what this feels like. I, I was going on a journey of trying to understand the opposite sex, which is impossible, but at least you can get somewhere on it. And my wife just kept reminding me, you, you're really dumb in this area. So I knew I was really dumb going into this conference, and there were 2,000 ladies, and I, so I was sweating. Now, you must understand how much you sweat when, when it goes, lady speaker, lady speaker, lady speaker, lady speaker, lady speaker, lady speaker, me. It's just, you, you just, sweating doesn't describe what's going on inside of you. And, and I was sitting there praying my heart out because I was like the sixth in the lineup of preachers. And, and I, I, they'd put me in the dead spot. So like at two o'clock, if you ever get a, a preacher and they put you at two o'clock, you know it's because they're trying to kill you. That's, that's what's going on. So I'm put in the dead spot. And I said, Lord, you've got to help me. And, uh, and the, the name of the conference was Eliphorus. And I know you all know what that means. Um, but anyway, so I had to Google Eliphorus, and it means having wings. And I said, God, give me a word. Give me something to, to make this work. And I felt like he spoke to me, and he said, Ross, men have consistently been telling women that they're beautiful and they're not strong. And the result is that they've been parting their feathers instead of flying with their wings. I want you to get up and apologize. And so I got up, and I said, ladies, I just want to say sorry. Because we've been, and I shared the word, and I said, we've been praising you for what you look like and not what you do. And you ladies have been carrying this nation. This is a fatherless nation. You've been mothering and fathering them. You've been cleaning up our mess from when we were born. 
And every time stuff goes wrong, we turn to you because we know that you're a safe place and you're the one who can take it and clean it up and nobody will know about it and you will bring healing into our lives. And some of you are leading the charge on the kingdom again and again and again and we haven't told you you're strong. And I want to say that you're strong. And then I ask them to turn to, and you can do this if you want, turn to a lady and say, you are hot and you are strong. <laughs> there we go, there we go. After that, they absolutely love me. And, and if you did that to someone who wasn't your wife, <laughs> sorry for that awkward moment. Anyway, but where are we going to go today? is um, we're going to talk about how to do relationships with people who are not like us. That's, that's kind of where this whole series is going to go. How do you do relationships with people not like you? And um, I, um, I've just moved into a new house that we're renovating. So we're living in it and renovating. So um, there's dust in my wife's emotions. And, um, and the other day, I was looking at this tree that is blocking all the shade from going onto the grass. By the way, if you're new with us, my intros are really long, but I really do get into the Bible. Um, and anyway, so I was looking at this tree, and I was going, tree or grass, tree or grass, and I decided grass wins. Um, and so I got a chainsaw, and I've never cut a tree down in my life, but I, I just thought to myself, how hard can it be? I watched a few YouTube clips, and I, I saw everything go wrong, and I thought, oh, well, it won't happen to me. And, and so instead of calling a specialist, I, I got a ladder. And up I went. Um, I'm scared of heights, but when you've got a chainsaw in your hand, like you're not scared of anything. So up I went. I made sure that I was cutting down. And um, I asked my kids to hold the ladder, as you do. And, uh, and anyway, I, I started chopping. And uh, the first branch that came down was quite large, and all I saw was my kids sprinting as this branch came flying down. And then, if you've ever wondered if women are strong, had you seen my wife come out towards me, you would have known, you would have seen a lioness, and, and out she came, and, uh, and she started shouting at me, and, and I stopped the chainsaw for long enough to hear the last few words. And then she went back inside, which I figured was an encouragement to carry on. So I, I continued to cut. And uh, after the second branch hit my ladder, and the ladder went like this, and I went like this, and I, I decided, call a friend. And, and so, so down I went. And, and she came up to me, and she goes, why? Just tell me why. And I thought to myself, partially because I'm about emotionally four, but then, but then there's another part that is just because I'm a guy. And, and I just need to, I don't care what you're saying. I just need to prove to me that I can cut the flipping tree down. I don't know why I'm like that. But I wake up in the morning and that's just what wise me. I'm a boy. I just do this stuff. I have to cut stuff and do stupid stuff just for me. <laughs> now, on that same day, I drilled a few holes to put stuff up, and Amy unpacked the last bag. And she came to me afterwards with dust in her emotions, and she said, at last, I feel like I'm making home. And I thought to myself, I've never heard a guy say, at last, I feel like I'm making home. <laughs> because we're just so worlds apart different. I mean, it's not just biology. We are different. And doing relationship with different is tricky, but it's not just the sexual difference, and, and, and here's what you've got to know about this, is God made us different, 
He made them male and he made them female. He made tribes different. So, so people forget this, but it was God who made the tribes and cultures and languages. In fact, in Genesis somewhere, 11, I think, it says, come, let us go down, He's, Father, Son, Holy Spirit talking, and confuse the people with different languages, which doesn't sound like God, but it is God. Then they won't be able to understand each other. That's what God did. We haven't been able to understand each other since. It's just been interesting. He sent them out. He made us different tribes, different languages, different genders. He, he made us different in our abilities. So you gave one guy one talent, one three, one five. It's just not fair. And it's hard. And you know what we've been doing as mankind with our differences, with our different strengths? We've been using our differences to win to compete, to beat each other. And so you only have to look at the Bible. You, you get Genesis 1, 2, 3, we sin. Genesis 4, Lamech takes two wives. Abuse. You, you keep going, get to Genesis 17, and, and you start getting raped. And, and, and so it progresses, and most of Scripture is about abuse that's happening. And God speaking to people and saying, rich, stop taking advantage of the poor. Strong, stop taking advantage of the weak. Serve one another. And it's not just guys. It's predominantly guys. But you you get to Genesis 18, and Lot uh, uh, loses his wife. She becomes a pillar of salt. And then then the two daughters are there. They get Lot drunk, which honestly, if you haven't read the Bible, you need to read this part because it makes days of your life so boring. But it... They get their, their father drunk so that they can have children, as you do. And, and then you, you keep going, and you get Jezebel. You get, Del- uh, you get all kinds of ladies throughout Scripture who use their strength to win. And all the way through, you see different tribes taking advantage of their strengths, of other tribes, using your strength to win. This is all of Scripture. And it's kind of how the world works. You, you think about it. I think Kids Church came outside. Uh, you, you think about how we get better or how business works. Business works by competing, trying to take market share. You, you think about what makes us get up and train harder, competition. If, if you ever played a game of anything, if you play touch rugby and you get right towards the end and the guys say, okay, best to five, the game goes from eh to ah. It's just competition stirs up something in us that makes us go harder, try harder, work harder, wake up earlier. It just, it rises something in us that makes us win. But when you take winning into relationship, you always lose. So I don't know if you watched the Springboks last Saturday, but 16-16 in New Zealand is a win even though the ref cheated and Broden Barrett <laughs> stepped out the line. But anyway, enough boy jokes. What happened on Sunday, because I'm going to talk you through a process of competing so that you understand how this plays out in, in relationship. What would have happened on Sunday is they would have started critiquing. And they would have looked through it and they would have gone, Janchis, what a great game. Pimpy, please stay on the wing. And, and they, would have, they would have critiqued the whole game and started to observe. And then they would have... Through, by about Tuesday or Wednesday, they would start comparing. We're going to play Argentina, so they would have gone locks compared to those locks and centers compared to those centers and fly half compared to that fly half and what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses. And what, the reason they're comparing is so that they can work out how to use their strengths to beat the opponent. 
and then next Saturday they'll come and compete. You ever been in a relationship where you feel like you're being critiqued? You, you feel like someone's watching you and they're judging you? They're noticing everything and saying, you do that well, you do that badly, you do that good, that's bad. You ever felt like that? You ever gone into a conversation with a couple, with a few people, and, and you realize they've been talking about you for what feels like weeks, and now you're coming into the conversation cold, and they have a whole set of critiques against you. You ever, you ever find that? You ever done that? And then we go from, from critiquing. The next step in that is always comparing. And if you were just a little more like Bob, you, Bob. Bob wakes up early. He helps the kids get to school. I hope this is hurting you. Then, oh, I know, you're a good man. And, and then, you ever said this kind of stuff? If you're more like Bob, Bob gets the kids to school. Bob earns more money than you. Bob then gets home. He, he does a little bit of gym, and then he helps with the kids, and then he helps with the cooking. And, and Bob is just phenomenal. You ever heard yourself saying this in marriage? If you were just a little more like Jane? Because Jane, she wakes up in the morning, and she's happy before she puts makeup on. And Jane, Jane, she goes to work, and she's flying, and then she goes to gym, and she still comes back, and she doesn't sulk, and she doesn't moan, and then she plays with the kids, and then she helps make Bob's supper, and it's just amazing. <laughs> and as soon as you start to compare, you're actually starting to control, because what you're hope, hoping is that I'm hoping that Amy will be a little bit more like Jane, because if I can throw out the comparison, the comparison always stirs something inside of a human to compete so that I can look a little more like Jane and be a little more like Jane and work harder a little more like Jane, and then I will get a little bit of Amy and a little bit of Jane, but the problem is I always lose because God made her to be Amy and Amy alone and not Jane. You see, when you take critiquing and comparing and competing into a relationship, you kill it. And so I want to talk about the opposite con concept. I want to talk about complimenting. You see, competing is using your strength to crush someone and win. And complimenting is using your strength to make another person win. And it often requires you losing. So I'm going to go to the Bible now. And if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 16. But if you don't, it'll be on the, the table, be, on the thing behind me. And it says this. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. But Peter took him aside and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord, he said, this will never happen to you. Which I absolutely love. I love anybody who's going to reprimand God. It's just funny. What is going through Peter's brain that he goes, nah, Jesus, you can do that, that, and that, but you can't do that. What is going on in him? You've got to ask this question. Now let me tell you something about Peter's experience of Jesus up until then. Peter's a leader, and if you're a leader, you are competitive. Peter's used to leading a crowd. He's used to winning. He's used to people following him. And so he's been on the Jesus team, and everywhere Jesus has gone, he's won. 
When he has an argument with the scribes and Pharisees, he wins. When he comes up to a sick person, he wins. When he comes up to demon-possessed people, Jesus wins. When, when Jesus comes up to a demonically inspired storm, he wins. When, when he's in crowds, he wins. When he's alone, he wins. He just wins, wins, wins. And Peter's part of the winning team, and Peter loves it. And then Jesus gets to this moment where he goes, if I'm going to win this war, I have to lose this battle. If I'm going to win this, I'm going to have to use all my strength to lose. And some of you need to take all your strength and point it towards someone else winning and lose. See, Jesus goes on and he says this. He turned to Peter and he, <laughs> this is fun, he says, get away from me, Satan. You're a dangerous trap to me. You're seeing, seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Always fascinated me how Jesus gives Judas, who's trying to kill him and betray him, a kiss. And he gives Peter, who's trying to save him, the hardest rebuke in all of Scripture. You've got to ask the question, what's going on there? And you start to realize the difference between Judas and Peter is that Jesus has made himself vulnerable to Peter. Jesus has opened his heart to Peter. Jesus let Peter in. He hadn't let Judas in. Judas was with him. Jesus wasn't in him, so Judas had no pull over him. But Peter, he let his heart open to, and so Peter had pull. And the ones who have pull have the greatest ability to hurt you. So Jesus goes, you are going to hurt me, and I need to show you where what you're thinking is coming from. And he rebukes him. And then Jesus says this. Then he said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower... You must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And and listen to these words. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? If you want to follow Jesus, there will be a day that you wake up and you will realize that today I have to lose. If you want to get a marriage back, you'll you'll wake up and you'll realize I can't keep, keep competing. I can't keep winning. I can't keep being right. Today, I have to take all my strength and use it to lose. And tomorrow, you'll wake up and you'll go, And today, I have to wake up and I have to use all my strength to lose. And if you will keep losing, you will win. Because you're complimenting. If you want your kids to come back and live around you or next to you or whatever when you're 60 or 70 or 80, you know what you're going to have to do? Lose. I was playing risk with my son. It took all the strength in my life to lose. Because I'm competitive. And you know the thing about competitive people? You know why we hate this so much? Because you, if you're competitive, you can do anything, but there is no greater sin than just giving up and losing. 
And Jesus would say to you, if you want to win in my kingdom, there comes a day where you've just got to lose. Use everything you've got to lose. You know, we so want the power of God working through us. But you can't get it if you don't lose. If you don't use all your heart and mind to lose, because in your weakness, he is strong. Not in your strength, he is strong. In your weakness, he's strong. I lived in a marriage where we had competed for three years. We'd almost killed each other. And I woke up one day after 59 counseling sessions, and I'm a pastor, and it broke. I just went, if I have to lose every day for the rest of my life in this marriage, it's worth it to keep this marriage. And the moment that started to happen, a grace, very slow, a trickle, it felt like I couldn't feel it. It began to flow. And then as that grace started to flow, a courage started to flow. And then as the courage started to flow, I started to see one win and then the next win and the next win until my wife today. She, I look at her and just go, I couldn't be more in love. In your weakness, I'm made strong. Church, if you want the power of God, you have to keep choosing this lose thing. You've got to lose a law case and you've got a lawsuit and you've got to lose sometimes with a business partner and you've got to lose. And if you'll keep choosing to lose and pushing into the power of God, you will find that he lifts you up and you might lose that thing, but you will win your soul. And is there anything more important than your soul? In a world where we like to do what we want, when we want, how we want, with who we want, you need to lose. Lose some sleep. Lose some food and fast. Lose some stuff. And watch what God will do in the process. And watch how you'll win. Now, all we're going to do to end this service is um, Kim's going to come up. We're going to take communion. And communion is an incredible thing. Scripture says, on the, uh, Paul's reminding us, and he says, Jesus broke bread, and he took a cup of wine, and he said, do this in rem remembrance of me. And you've got to think what, what we're remembering. We're remembering the moment when Jesus lost so that he could win. When Jesus used all of his strength to do something that none of us could do. This is the thing about your strength. If you will lose with it, if you'll use it on someone else, you will fill them with a strength they do not have. This is what complimenting is. When we take communion today, we remember Jesus complimented us so that we could be strong in our spirits. And if you let that principle go deep into your heart, you will be able to say, I need to compliment my boss, that family member, my wife, my kids. I need to take all my strength and lose so that I can be raised up in his power.
You know what I love about this church? Communion goes down like this. Have you guys all got? Last week, I, I preached a very similar message to this in Florida Road. I just got email after email after email this week of people who decided to turn their marriages around, turn their workspace. You know how much carnage there is in the workspace at the moment? People just going, I've been fighting for my turf and I'm just going to lose. And my prayer today is that you will start to turn some stuff around because you choose to lean into the power of God instead of the power of winning. So as you, as you get there, communion, and just bow your head and, and let the Holy Spirit speak to you about what you need to lose in. now God we, we want to enter into the weakness that you experienced on the cross so that we can enter into the power of resurrection life that you experienced on the third day and Lord I pray that as people make right decisions for relationships sake, for the kingdom's sake, for marriage sake, for parenting sake God I, I ask that a supernatural power begins to trickle today and that it will become a river that becomes a flood. And there will be a, a people who know not for our strength, but for our humility and our ability to complement. I ask God that we won't be a people fought to be known today, but a people who by complimenting will be remembered. So Jesus, thank you for showing us the way and making the power available. And now, Lord, as we take of this cup of grape juice, a picture of your blood shed for us, we thank you that you are strong for us. And we're forgiven because of this. So wash us, Jesus. Let's take together. God, I thank you for your body pierced like this little piece of bread. I thank you that you were ripped apart and you used all your strength to not fight. 
And I thank you, Jesus, that you'll give us that strength. So now we take of your body broken for us. And we thank you, Jesus, for your grace. Let's take it.